Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. So we're on a brand new video platform. Uh, no matter what Facebook page you're on, we'll see your comments now. Uh, 99% sure that's right. There's one, maybe my personal page, you may have to authorize the new software to post your uh, comments. We're also going live today for the first time on YouTube. Uh, not that I have a lot of YouTube followers. We've really... Uh, not done a good job of building the uh, channel, but we are focusing on that more now. And today is Tuesday, which means it's the Blueprint Power Hour, where your questions uh, are answered. Uh, some of you emailed them into on air at superhumanradio.net. Others asked them live during the show. And we're going to get started with Coach Rob Ruggish in just a second. Before we do that, we have to thank our title sponsor, and that is, of course, Legendary Foods the makers of the amazing Tasty Pastries, which is basically a, a Pop-Tart with 9 grams of high-quality protein, less than 1 gram of sugar, and uh, 3 to 4 grams of net carbs. If you are a low-carb person like I am, this is a snack you can eat and not feel guilty about. If you go to eatlegendary.com and use the code SHR10, you'll save 10% off uh, all of your st- purchases there. And they also have fantastic seasoned nuts. They have um, nut butters, lots of great stuff. Uh, check them out. Show them some love. Uh, they do contribute a lot of money to the show uh, to make it possible. And uh, we're going to remove that image now. I'm getting used to this new platform here. I'm going to play his music. There we go. Calling all Blueprint Army. Fall in line. It's time for the Blueprint Power Hour with Coach Rob Regish on the Superhuman Radio Network. Hey, Coach. How you doing? Doing okay. Um, I hope everybody had a happy and safe Memorial Day. Um, We, uh, in all honesty, were going through a little rough patch. We had to put our 13-year-old Golden Retriever, Ginger, down yesterday. Um, but you know what? It was time and, uh, death is part of life and seated right next to me is her sister, Molly, who's looking for her right now. Um, but she's going to be okay and we're going to be okay. And it's a tough thing. You know, animals are part of the family. Now you live in Massachusetts, one of the states that's uh, very, very locked down. Have, have they opened up the gyms yet? No, they have not. Um, I'm not even sure that they have a definitive date yet. I did hear something about um, maybe late July, but it's certainly not going to be June 1st like you guys. You know, at least you have light at the end of the tunnel. I hope that you can stay with me uh, after the show just for a little bit. I want to talk about something that's really upsetting to me in the face of this pandemic and the government's concern for people. So hopefully you'll stay with me uh, after we answer everybody's questions and and, and finish up. So I haven't trained in two months. 
I feel horrible. I feel I now I know what I would feel like if I was a 62 year old man who never trained. It's just terrible yeah. feeling. I'm not happy at, at, at all. It makes me sad. I don't feel good. Uh, I've lost a considerable amount of muscle. I can see it. I bet you I'm down to 215 right now, and it's all muscle loss. It's not because I can still see the I can still see the veins in my upper quads. I just yeah. can't see the muscle. Yeah, well, sometimes your mind plays tricks on you too. So don't be too hard on yourself. No, I'm not because I'm gonna I'm gonna use this to double down. I, mean, I am gonna double down. So um, we have comments. Let's see who's uh, joining us already. Uh, so, so this is what happens if we don't have your permission to show your name. It just says Facebook uh, user. And uh, but Ricardo Davis says, "Hey from Jamaica. Hey, and I like your bike, man. Very, very nice. Same colors as my new Harley. Same colors." And Dave Hartnett is joining us. Please uh, help me out by uh, by uh, saying hello, and uh, I will uh, post your your comments, give you a shout out. It also helps us to see how this new platform is wor- working. He says that he likes your classic uh, ICO Pro shirt, Rob. <laughs> yeah, it's an oldie but a goodie. For those that remember it, ICO Pro was the supplement company uh, that Vince McMahon launched, and very quickly <laughs> it tanked. But, you know, there are some funny moments from, from that time, yeah. uh, which are for another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's get right down to the business of uh, answering people's questions. Sure. So the question, first question, I had a truncate, so I'm going to read it from the original document. Jeff Peterson says, I finally started incorporating body weight work into my training and can already see many benefits. I'm wondering, though, about my supplement stack. Right now, I'm using what most would consider the staples, creatine, protein, a pre-workout. I also use testosterone, too, between five and 700 milligrams a week. Yep. Is what I'm doing optimal, or are there better products that i should be using well it's it's certainly an interesting question um it's somewhat difficult to answer and here's why uh it sounds like he's performing both body weight work uh and weights which by the way i think is not only okay it's probably optimal right it's the old golf club analogy you're going to shoot your best round with all all woods or all irons Obviously, the answer is you need both to shoot your best round. And that's honestly exactly how I see body weight training and weights. You know, it's it's using the best that each offers. So when we get to supplements, though, um, I'll be the first to tell you that loading up on things like high-dose testosterone, high-dose creatine, GH-releasing peptides, MK677 – Anything that's going to result in pounds on the scale, and and rather quickly for most of those, is going to be a boon to your bench press, squat, and deadlift. And and so there's truth in the old powerlifting saying, weight moves weight, right? I mean, that's why we have weight classes. That's why the totals in the super heavyweight class are much bigger than they are in the lightweight classes. I will also tell you (laughs) that those additional pounds will work against you in almost every body weight movement that you do. And so that goes certainly for things like uh, you'll see it most noticeably in chin-ups and handstand push-ups because those are two moves where you're truly lifting 100% of your body weight. So, you know, knowing that you're performing both – body weight stuff and weights, 
I would tell you the following as far as supplementation. The first thing I would do is I would back the, the test down to, let's call it 300 milligrams a week, maybe even 200 milligrams a week. Now, 300, if I'm not mistaken, is the lowest studied dose showing a performance-enhancing effect. Um, I've heard from plenty of guys, though, that take 200 that say, hey, they get great results there, too. It's not going to be five to seven fifty, but you're probably not going to get the water bloat right that you would there either. Um, which which is just a fancy way of saying you're looking for lowest effective dose, whatever that is. Next, uh, I'll address creatine because that one's tough. I would either forego creatine altogether, depending upon how much it does for you, or um, I would opt for a lighter dose of either creatine hydrochloride or uh, crealkaline. And so the goal there is to get the strength-boosting effects from creatine without putting on any more than, let's say, one to three pounds of, of scale weight. Uh, because, you know, even though it doesn't sound like a lot, believe it or not, that can make the difference many times between getting a handstand push-up and not getting it. Uh, in conjunction with that, or in the total absence of any creatine, I run Synthogen. And I would tell you that of your two most powerful things that you could use, a low dose of testosterone and Synthogen would be my bread and butter if you are looking to get the most out of both weight training and body weight stuff. Now, are there some things that you can add to that where you can realize additional benefits? Yeah, I think so. Um, I like an additional, let's say, 1.6 uh, grams of TMG, trimethylglycine. That's in addition to what's already in Synthogen. Two to four grams of taurine, again, on top of what Synthogen has. And something that's not in Synthogen, uh, 15 grams of glutamine, let's say immediately before and then 15 immediately after training, any or all of those will result in an improvement in the status of cellular hydration. It doesn't seem to happen, though, to the degree that, you know, hammering creatine monohydrate will, where you get this spillover effect. And some people like me, you know, I get a moon face from it, and it's just a lot of water weight. It's not something that I want. So that supplement array then is probably going to result in your optimal strength to weight ratio, which is really what you're looking at when you're talking about doing the best you can in the big classical barbell lifts of weight training and body weight stuff. You know, um, it will also, I'll say this, it'll also go a long way towards keeping you lean year round because you always have that gut check uh, of the workout, which is, you know, am I doing okay on my body weight stuff? And if I'm not, what do I need to do now? So that would be the supplement stack that I would use. It's an interesting question for sure. You know, the other thing with creatine is that there's a lot of debate out there whether or not creatine shifts substrate utilization to glucose and carbohydrate, which in this world today of many of us being low-carb kind of people, um, we have to rethink the application of, of creatine in, in modern training today. Because if you are, if you're a low carb guy and you're you're trying to run more on 
free fatty acids and, and, and ketones, and you're trying to keep glucose uh, levels low, uh, I don't know that I don't know that uh, creatine is going to benefit you. Um, you know, there's a lot of schools of thought out there, but there there's one study I remember reading probably seven or eight years ago that implied that using creatine when cutting was a bad idea because you, you, <laughs> your body isn't going to go after fat, uh, which is the whole goal of cutting, because it's going to prefer glucose. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's, a, you know, the little, the little uh, separate pieces here and there that move. Um, Johnny Gray says, last week you mentioned Ecti doing something to increase performance, something different than what I usually hear. Was it electrolyte intake or something similar? Actually, what he heard and what I mentioned was um, the fact that Ecti has been shown to result in a rapid influx of calcium, um, it, what's called calcium flux in the muscle, uh, which is an extremely interesting effect that I'll go into here in a second. You know, you know, you know I what anabolic you know what anabolic steroid does that. Trend. Yep. So trend yeah, incre- trend increases calcium channel activity in muscle tissue and heart, and it's why. Yeah. The heart rate, generally, when you start a trend cycle, your heart rate usually goes up at least by 10, 15 beats per minute uh, because the, the conductivity of the heart is just so much more sensitive, and that's where you get your strength from. That's why you, you're so much stronger with trend because calcium channels are activated to a greater degree. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Um, but it's interesting that ECD does it. You know, I'm sure not to the same extent. But still, uh, that's a wonderful aspect that, 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 that ECD does that. It's really great. Right. And and so, you know, way back in 2012, when I was asked to do my first product, Synthogen, I was aware that ECTI did have this effect. I admittedly didn't fully understand it at the time. The first study pointing to the fact that it did this was published a couple of years beforehand in 2010. Fortunately for me, though, um, my intuition was correct insofar as I had the right ingredients in the right amounts for this to really work so that it could leverage it. So let's talk about why this calcium is important, calcium flux, in both muscle contraction and anabolic signaling. So the sarcoplasmic reticulum is where these calcium ions are stored, which are released when a muscle cell is stimulated, which is to say mechanically loaded when you lift weights. The calcium ions um, then enable the whole cross-bridge muscular contraction cycle to occur. And that's a gross oversimplification. But if you think about it like this, uh, that whole process starts and ends with calcium, which should tell you something about how important it is, right? Now, ATP is also another major player there. Um, and just remember that for a little bit later. Now, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about it, you're, you first might be tempted to say, hey, let's just hammer a bunch of calcium, you know, increase the body's calcium supply the same way we do creatine. The problem is that um, the body maintains a very tightly regulated pool of calcium. So you can't actually increase the total amount. Um, what's being what you what you can do is you can increase the rate of that calcium flux. So it's it's here, right, where we can start optimizing the whole process. And it turns out, like I said prior, ECD does this. 
And specifically, it, it was mentioned in Raponticum. I don't want people to take my word for this. You can go out to PubMed. You know, the PubMed ID is 203-632-37 for the study, which was titled, Ectosteroids Elicit a Rapid Calcium Flux Leading to AKT Activation and Increased Protein Synthesis in Skeletal Muscle Cells. Now, that alone is a very powerful mechanism to leverage. But I didn't stop there for the for uh, for a very good reason. And that reason is we're getting back now into ATP. So while it's true, you can't mac you know, you can't change really your calcium levels, we do know that you can maximize cellular ATP via what? Via creatine, which is all well and good. Um, but I wanted something even a little bit more than that. And so instead of using, and I didn't want the water. So instead of using creatine, I used two other compounds, one called Elevate ATP, which is an orally active ATP, as well as orotic acid. And so it turns out that the combination of those two ingredients not only increases cellular ATP, but it rapidly regenerates it as it's used up. For example, when it's depleted during a workout, um, erotic acid alone regenerates ATP in three different ways, not just one. It's not a one-trick pony. It does a lot of different things. Um, and so that increase in cellular energy then that, that Synthogen gives you uh, is not only ATP, it is boosting muscle glycogen, um, it explains the enhanced performance effect that you see in the animal studies and now human studies on ectosterone. And in particular, I'm talking about the most demanding test of all of cellular energy, which is forcing those poor little rats to swim until they drown. You know, in those tests, the rats that got ectosterone swim 22% longer than controls. And in forced running tests, they went 32% farther. So here's the bottom line. It, it's clear that ectosterone works through uh, yet another mechanism here, right, which makes three now. Uh, and in the near future, I, I do plan to go in depth uh, with my folks about trying to leverage this effect even further. The goal, and I believe it's possible, is to have an almost instant strength increase of 5%, at least 5%, which doesn't sound like a lot until you realize it's 15 pounds on a 300-pound lift, 20 on 400, uh, and so on and so forth. You know, as the numbers get bigger, so does that 5%. So, uh, you know, if you're on my list, so to speak, look for that for that in another month. If you're not, just understand a quality ectosterone product uh does does many many different good things for you whether it's mine or someone else's so uh jan uh, kowalski says what about arginine for better nutrient absorption three times during the day i've never been a, a fan of uh, of arginine uh, or uh, i do like uh, arginine alpha ketoglutarate but for the alpha ketoglutarate portion a lot of the research on arginine has failed to show that it's effective at doing anything unless you take such a large dose that you end up with osmotic diarrhea, 
What do you think about this? Well, I would say if you're going to use it for what he's proposing, uh, nutrient delivery and, and associated blood flow. But that, but that's I'd nitric skip, oxide. He's talking about nitric oxide at that point in time, right? I'd skip arginine and use citrulline any day. Yeah. You know, six. The, the, and the the research on citrulline most certainly shows um, performance enhancing benefits, especially in uh, aerobic activities, but in the weight room as well. I mean, I use arginine alpha-ketoglutarate because it's cheaper than calcium alpha-ketoglutarate, and the alpha-ketoglutarate is very valuable as you age. Um, so that's the only reason why I take that form. But I, I think there are better things that will increase nitric oxide, uh, Jan, and enhance nutrient absorption. than uh, and Because if you look at all the original research on arginine, oral doses, in order to raise... Uh, um, uh, uh, nitric oxide levels are almost impossible to achieve. And most of that stuff got, really, they were doing intravenous arginine on all, all those early studies. I think he, he's a, I got diarrhea from creatine, can't use it. Yeah, and no, I, I get it. A lot of people do. You know, this is the funny thing, Jan, about uh, oral amino acids in general, which creatine technically is, arginine is, glycine is. When you take large doses they almost always give people something that's known as osmotic diarrhea. They actually pull fluid from the intestines into the intestines, and that, and that creates almost explosive <laughs> diarrhea in most people. So I, I get yeah. it. I get it. And, and, but if you like arginine and it's working for you, then God bless you. Keep using it. But right. um, I think there are a lot. I mean, hey, you know what? Eight milligrams of Cialis a day will increase whole body nitric oxide production. There you go. So I mean, it, and it, and you can buy it uh, online now, very very cheaply. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I get it, and not everybody can take creatine either. They get they get diarrhea from that as well. Uh, let's move on to the next question. Um, this one comes from Lars Thornholm. He says, "I'm using the 11 percent solution that you wrote about in the Blueprint Bulletin. How would you ramp up the weight before the two work sets?" This, my answer is going to be very controversial because I do not warm up like other people do. So I'm just going to give you an example. All right. Uh, two workouts ago, I had, uh, I had to deadlift 400 for two sets of five. That was, those were the work sets that were called for. My warmups, believe it or not, looked as follows. 370 for one, 390 for one, 410 for one, 430 and then finally 450 for one before I stripped, then stripped 50 pounds off the bar, rested a good 10, 15 minutes, and flew through my work sets. That is obviously very atypical compared to what most people do. But let me give you an example of why, and, and, and let me give you my rationale, then I'll give you an example of what other people do. My rationale is this. I think any strength athlete needs to be able to express his maximal strength or damn close to it on a moment's notice. What are you going to do? You're going to get in a street fight and say, hey, tell you what, give me 10 minutes. Got to warm up. <laughs> you know, your kid gets pinned under a car. He doesn't have 10 minutes for you to warm up. All right. So that's a part of my rationale. But let me tell you why. My very low volume warm up 
differs from what's typically seen. And what's what I typically see is this, 135 for 10, 185 for 10, and then maybe 225 for 8, 250 for 8, 275 for 5, 300 for 5, 335 for 3, and maybe 365 and 390 for one to three reps. That's a lot of work before you start doing work work sets. Well, okay, and you're absolutely right. And let's put a finer point on that. If you do the math, that is a whopping 10,365 pounds that you asked your muscles to lift before you got to your work set. So, you know, in my opinion, that's a great way to deplete your muscles of a drastic amount of chemical energy in the, that energy that you will not now have at your disposal when it comes to your work sets. Now, if you compare that to what I did in my warmups, which adds up to just a little over 2,000 pounds, you know, I wind up with five times more chemical energy that I don't have, I didn't squander. And, and oh, by the way, when I get to those work sets, they feel light as a feather. I, I'm not so certain yours are going to either. Now, what I what I do is an extreme example. And yeah, I stretch a little bit beforehand and so on and so forth. But I've been doing this for over a decade and never once have I gotten injured. And deadlifts aren't the only big lift that, that I do that on. Now, What you might take away from this is, all right, I'm not going to do something that drastic, but you might opt for something a little less drastic from what I'm suggesting. Uh, But in time, I'm confident that if you experiment with very low-volume warm-ups, you will find it, okay? Um, To my mind, you want to do two things with warm-ups. Number one, you want to... uh, you want to show, quote unquote, show your central nervous system a weight that is going to be very close to what you're going to be working with or more. And secondly, and ideally, you want to overshoot that somewhat so that when when you do strip 50 pounds or however many pounds off, your work sets will be light as a feather. It is the same principle as um, a, a baseball player that puts a donut or two on a bat if you've ever swung a bat with a donut or two on it and then stripped them before going up you know that how light that bat feels now and therefore your speed and consequently speed is part of maximal force um, is maximized so i don't know i you know i, I might be a total anomaly. Well, you know, I, I know, I know a lot of powerlifters who grab a very, very light bar and do high repetitions to get blood into the muscle to prepare the joints. But then they grab some very heavy weights and just do singles. They do one single with this, one yeah. single with that. You know, th- th- it's more of a bodybuilder workout when you do all this kind of stuff. That's almost pre-exhausting the muscles because the idea is if you pre-exhaust the muscles they're going to grow faster but if you're looking right. if you're looking at strength almost exclusively as the goal you really have to uh you have to kind of put your ego aside grab some light like like coach wade 
when he's getting ready to bench press, he grabs yep. two little dumbbells, like, I don't know, maybe 20 pounds. And he just does, you know, uh, lateral raises for his shoulders, and he does some other stuff, and he just does high rep stuff to get blood into the muscle. Then he gets under the bar, and he starts pushing 300 pounds, like, right out of the yeah. gate. You know, yep. so, but he's only doing singles. You know, he'll do a single and then rack it. And then when you look at that approach, you see that that's what a lot of uh, real dedicated strength trainers uh, will will do to to yeah. warm up. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. We've got uh, we've got questions, we've got comments. Uh, you're watching the Blueprint Power Hour. We're listening to it right now on the podcast. Uh, go to coachrobregish.com to learn more. Become a Blueprint Bulletin subscriber. Get stuff like this sent right to your inbox. Be the first kid on your block to know about it. Uh, get stronger quickly. It's all worthwhile. And less than a cup of, a cup of coffee a day, uh, you can have this information in your hands all the time. We're going to take one quick commercial break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. I love beef. And if you love beef, listen up. I've discovered the best tasting beef in the world, and that's not an exaggeration, at Piedmontese.com. The Piedmontese breed is famous from Italy for being lean and unbelievably tender with half the fat and calories of traditional beef. Even typically tough cuts are tender when it comes from the Piedmontese cows. And for the first time ever, Piedmontese cows are being raised here in the USA. Get two free 10-ounce New York strips when you purchase $50 or more at Piedmontese.com with code SHR. Go to P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E dot com and use code SHR today. You will never eat any other type of beef ever again. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there, but it's because it's the truth. My experience with the B-Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me, and now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give B-Strong a try go to b s t r o n g dot training forward slash super hyphen human and use code shr for 10 percent off
Ever wish there was a precise way to gauge your recovery from workout to workout? Or wonder if the money you're spending on your nootropic supplements are actually improving brain function? Maybe you're aging and you're noticing some changes in memory. Wouldn't being able to really test your brain be of great value? Well, now you can with great accuracy with the Brain Gauge. The Brain Gauge lets you test essential components of brain health and track your brain health history and all in the comfort of your own home. Go to gaugeyourbrain.com and use code SHR for $150 off this amazing device that's gaugeyourbrain.com and shr for 150 dollars off this is the superhuman channel evolution just got kicked up a notch welcome back you know brain gauge has a special that's available to my audience and nowhere else will you get this you can actually get the brain gauge for 29.95 a month this device is amazing uh, you can assess your recovery and be precise about it. You can ex- assess your brain health if you're somebody who's having some issues. You have autoimmune disorders, neuropathies, and so on. Twenty nine ninety five a month, no long term contract. Cancel when you want. Um, this is this is like having a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of lab equipment at your kitchen table, and you can use it in the comfort of your own home. It's really really amazing stuff. Let's get some questions up here. From the uh, live audience, so first of sure. all. So, uh, long-time listener and fan of the show, Tommy D, says, uh, are there any legit studies done on long-term consistent Kratom use, three to five grams almost every day? And my deepest condolences to you and your family for Ginger's passing. Yeah, well, to answer your question, I'm not aware of any long-term studies done on daily use of uh, Kratom in the amount of Three to five grams, which is probably uh, considered an average to slightly above average dose. Some people get a lot more mileage out of it. Others don't. What I will say is that there is a lot of uh, history, if you will, in Southeast Asian countries where field workers uh, have been chewing kratom leaves forever. And the story goes that I heard anyway was that um, the people that own the farms typically, uh, you know, they can choose what kind of workers they want. And there are basically two kinds of workers, some that smoke pot and some that chew kratom leaves. I'll give you one guess as to who's a better, more motivated worker. You know, it's it's the kratom, folks. I don't think it has any deleterious long-term effects whatsoever including so-called addiction, which in my opinion is no different um, and possibly quite a bit less than caffeine. You know, it's about as addictive as caffeine. Yeah. I don't, I don't know of any long-term studies. They're probably coming. Um, Yeah. So we have some more comments and questions. So Joe uh, Ferry says, hello from Rochester, New York. How you doing, Joe? Longtime fan of the show. So Samurai Jack, I think, is asking a question that I, I talked about in a recent show, uh, how you can make sure to have a baby boy. <laughs> so this is, this is actually a legit question. And I challenge anybody to try this, and you'll find out it works. So um, genitalia uh, differentiates before sexual preference. The, the brain uh, sexual preference occurs in the third trimester, and... Genitalia formation occurs in the first trimester, the first three months. Have lots of sex with your wife, ejaculate in her, so that testosterone is being absorbed. 
that testosterone will convert some of it to DHT. DHT is what turns a vagina into a penis. Uh, so, if, you know, we all start out as baby girls, supposedly. But uh, the differentiation of genitalia, genitalia is driven by dihydrotestosterone. And that's what changes the, the baby in the womb into a boy. Now, sexual preference happens later on in the brain. And obviously, there's an opportunity to make sure that that happens uh, to be a boy as well by continuing to <laughs> make sure your wife's testosterone levels are as high as possible. We see that, you know, uh, someone just emailed me and said, hey, you know, I'm on testosterone therapy and my wife wants to get pregnant. The doctor says I have to get off. I know more than I can count on two hands bodybuilders who had babies while they were on and they all had boys. And I'm sure that they had sex uh, during their pregnancies with their wives. So testosterone influences the the baby becoming a boy. That's my that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Dylan Goutreau says strict carnivore for three months now. Should I take crealcalin out completely? I don't know why you would. There's there's cre- there's creatine in meat. Right. I don't know why you would. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing I could add to that. It's I, I don't know why that would cross his mind, but I I wouldn't take it out, especially if he's getting benefit from it now. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to take it out. Creatine is not a bad thing if you're using it and you and you like using it. I don't think you have to stop. Samurai Jack says I am the best. Okay, you got to name your son Carl. If you have a baby boy, you got to name him Carl now. That's the deal. <laughs> right there, you go. All right, so let's go, let's go, let's go. So we have a question from Paul Reynolds. He says, uh, what's your take on training to failure? Should I do it? And if so, what's the best way? Well, I'm not the only guy that's, that's trained this way, obviously, but I do have, a, I, I think, some unique experience uh, as I trained for a spell under Mike Menzer, uh, Mr. Heavy Duty, uh, prior to his passing. Be that as it may, um, I really need to go back to the beginning. It was in college when I first noticed the benefits of performing one all-out set to complete muscular failure. And so that we're clear, um, that that being concentric failure. There is also eccentric failure and et cetera, et cetera. But when well, most and, people and wait talk a minute, about and I, want, I, want you to, I want you to establish what you consider failure. So if you're doing a movement uh, – Full range. As yep. soon as you can't execute that full range, you now are failing. Or do you go till you can't move the weight at all? I go till I can't move the weight at all. Okay. Okay. So, in other words, you cannot complete another rep, right? Even, even a half rep. Even a half rep. Even That's, a half. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, I learned fast, though, that it wasn't just a physical thing. Meaning getting in the right mindset is, is not easy and it's crucial uh, for your success, especially uh, coming from a multi-set protocol for many years. Uh, so what that means basically is if you've been used to spreading your intensity over five sets, five sets of five, and you step into heavy-duty training, it's going to take you a couple of weeks to get out of that um, mentality and the physical machinations of holding back a little bit to make it through five sets. 
You know, that's just the reality. Yeah, because 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 we know this. There's research that shows that if you know you have to do three sets of something, you actually regulate your output. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we know this. The same thing happens with sprinting. People who, they well, now give me an all-out sprint. They don't give you an all-out sprint because they're, they're, they're actually gauging. Like if you say, give me an all-out sprint for 30 seconds, the reality is most people can't sprint all-out for 30 seconds unless you're a, a professional athlete. So they actually regulate how fast they go to make <laughs> it last 30 seconds. We know this. Yeah. It's a fact. Yeah. And, and so that's number one. I would tell you it takes a few weeks in order to rewire your brain to be able to push your body, you know, just to the brink in one set. Uh, it's really unique. You've got one shot uh, that during that one set before you'll have another opportunity to progress again. Meaning if, if you got 300 pounds for six last time and you don't get 300 pounds for seven, you get something less than that. It's going to be another week or more until you're given the opportunity to do that. And I'll tell you, that weighed on me very heavily at that age, 18, 19, 20, um, because who's not in a hurry to get big and strong, right? Learning to do that on big, basic compound lifts is also a lot harder than it is to, say, do it on dumbbell curls. Um but having said that, I, I found that when I was able to do that consistently, I made great strength gains. In fact, they were some of the best strength gains and the fastest strength gains I ever experienced. There's a cost, though, to doing that kind of business. You can't keep topping yourself forever. You know, like, like any powerful medicine, adjusting your dose is crucial. Too little and you won't stimulate growth too much, and you're going to plateau fast and hard. I would tell you that for periods of between six and eight weeks, let's call it, of so-called heavy-duty training can be very productive, very productive. You keep that up too long, though, and you will eventually hit a very nasty plateau. And it's, in my experience, it's not like you can see it coming. You just, you're, you feel like a freight train and then you walk in there one day, wham, it's like you got hit by a freight train. You aren't even close to being able to hit max numbers. Um, you also need, I think, to learn from Dorian Yates' experience. For those unfamiliar, Dorian was a, I think, seven-time Mr. Olympia winner in the early 90s, early to mid-90s, and he was perhaps uh, Mike Menser's star pupil at the time. He trained ferociously. He, all, he also changed what ex was acceptable on the Olympia stage because he was the first athlete to step up there near 265, 270 pounds and shredded. Before him, right. there would, he was the first mass monster. He changed, he redefined what athletes had to bring to that competition. Yeah. And so he really took this type of training to heart and, and practiced it and pushed himself harder than almost anyone else for most of his career. And then all of a sudden, he retired one day. He is still paying for that training style today in the form of injuries. Um, but as I've said, it's worth experimenting with, and you'll probably be best served doing so 
while coming off of a high volume phase or, you know, at least something where you're performing at least three sets, you know, some guys, five sets of five, the guys that come off German volume training, God bless you for even do, attempting it. 10 sets to 10. You can imagine the change when you go back one set to six to eight reps to failure. It, it's, it's, a, you know, it's like whiplash. Um, the most important thing to learn, I think, when, you, when you're actually doing it is the proper regulation of training frequency. You need to keep this in mind all the time. As you grow stronger, the stresses on your body become greater. Uh, likewise, the inroads into your recovery ability become greater. In order to grow bigger and stronger then, you need more time between workouts. Not more creatine, not more testosterone, not more protein, more time. And that can be a very difficult thing to accept for people, especially when you're in a hurry to get big and strong. Right? Finally, I'll say this. Um, it needs to be used sparingly. Ironically, I think the best form of high high intensity training was brought to us by Dan Duchesne. And I, I think he had by far the best real world application of it, a better understanding of it than most people gave him credit for. But listen, it's been lost to the midst of time because what did most people want to hear about from Dan? Drugs. It wasn't training. Yeah, they want drugs. to hear about drugs. Yeah. Right, he's the, he was a steroid guru. He wasn't the training guru. Um, so anyway, it's a shame he won't be remembered for that contribution. But you know, it is what it is. You should use it, and you should use it sparingly and learn from it. And I'm I'm confident that you will gain from it as well. So Troy Gibson says, I've noticed my strength in my workouts has decreased, even though I work out five times a week. That might be why. Uh, I am 48 now, wondering what's the best weightlifting routine uh, that would get my strength back. Maybe some more time off, or better yet, I I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is a shameless plug, okay? But I'm gonna put it up there. So you can get yourself this at gaugeyourbrain.com. Code SHR for 29.95. No long-term contract. You can get the brain gauge, and you can assess if you're overtrained. By using it, it will tell you if you're overtrained. And you can use this with great accuracy. It may just be yeah. that you do need more time off. How much time off? Well, that's a crapshoot, right? If you use a technical device like this, you can actually assess when you're ready to go back into the gym and train hard again. So, don't, you know, he we have technology now that would actually be very beneficial. Uh, uh, to fi figure it out. But go ahead, Rob. I mean, he's, he's 48 years old. He's training five times a week. Well, um, I would tell you that that's probably too much. I'd also tell you, you might have difficulty doing it, but take a week off and then train two days a week and watch what happens. Write back to me about your strength after, you know, three weeks of that. I think you're going to notice a big difference. So I think Jan wants you to spell Dan Duchesne's name. Uh, apparently, he's never heard of Dan Duchesne. Dan Duchesne is the reason bodybuilders use uh, uh, aromatase inhibitors. Uh, he also introduced Nubane, 
which became a, which is a which is an opioid that a lot of bodybuilders use to quell the pain and became addicted to it. Um, he is the reason people use clenbuterol. Uh, Dan was the guy who introduced most of the drugs that are used today uh, by bodybuilders into the bodybuilding world. Uh, and whey protein. Yeah, he brought whey protein to the market. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's D-O-U-C-H-A-I-N-E, if I'm correct, right, Duchesne? D-U-C-H-A-I-N-E. D-U-C-H-A-I-N-E, Duchesne, Dan I'm Duchesne. Yeah, if you, you do some reading about him. Now, he had a newsletter, didn't he have, was it Body Opus was his book or the Underground it, newsletter or something like that? His newsletter, he had the Dirty Dieting newsletter. Um, his book was, one of his books was uh, his last one, Body Opus. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The guy, the guy was brilliant, but at the same time, he destroyed a lot of lives because uh, a lot of the girls that went to him, he put them on drugs that ended up really hurting them in the long run. Yeah. Um, so let's get this next question in and then we'll move on to, uh, I think the blueprint tip of the day. So Henry Kozlowski says, I've been reading about heat shock proteins. I did my first show on heat shock proteins in 2006, just for the record. Uh, they seem promising, but how come we don't see supplements that work on them? Also, what about nitrates? I, I, uh, chopped it it up a little bit uh, to make it fit. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, uh, if I remember correctly, heat shock proteins were poised to be the next big thing sometime after the introduction of the, you know, NO2 products had their run. Uh, I remember reading a lot about them. I'm not certain about this, but I think Metrex had a product that supposedly had them or modulated them or something. Um, the product was largely theoretical, though. Yeah. And the truth is... The truth is it never sold, um, nor is it around today. But but let's rewind for a second. What are these heat shock proteins? You know, what what do they do? Why would they why would you want to you know fool around with them? The body expresses more of these heat shock proteins in response to the physiological stresses of training. And they then contribute to things like um, they repair misfolded damage proteins. They reduce free radicals. They increase the immune response. They improve, you know, you got faster muscle recovery. Um, some people even said that they retarded aging. So all of that's good stuff. But even so, you know, where are the products that do this, right? The short answer is that until just recently, as far as I'm aware, no OTC product would qualify as something that could do that, um, at least to any meaningful degree. And I think the market for said product speaks to that. Now, I do think, I think that's going to change because I think I found a compound that does it. And yes, it is naturally occurring. I'm just working now on sourcing it and getting it farmed out to some guys to validate what I think it's going to do. It might not. I don't know. But it sure looks that way in the literature. Um, with respect to nitrates, uh, you know, there are a fair number of products out there that use nitrates now. You'll see things like creatine nitrate. I think I've see, even seen glutamine nitrate. But I, nitrate. I don't understand why anybody would think that nitrates would trigger heat shock proteins. And, and, and quite frankly, you want heat shock proteins, train hard. 
and sit in a sauna. That's that's the easiest way of turning heat shock proteins on. Just train first and then sit in a a, a hot sauna. I mean, something that's up in the 180 degree Fahrenheit range and sit there and sweat. And you're going to turn heat shock proteins on. Actually, I read his question as two separate. They were two separate things. Maybe they weren't. I don't know. Um, hey, let me go back the, to the original question. Hold on a second, because it may be. Because I had I had to truncate the question to get it to fit. Yeah. He said, um, "I've been reading about heat shock proteins. They seem promising, but how come we don't see supplements that work on them? Are there just no ingredients that make more of them? Also." What about nitrates? I, I like, like I see creatine nitrate and other nitrates around. They, are they any good? Yeah, you're right. He, he's asking about nitrates separate of the heat shock protein question. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So nitrates are interesting. There, there, is, there are studies um, showing performance-enhancing benefits. And they are, like I said, attached to many a different amino acid and, and other things that I've seen. Um, my understanding is that like NO2 products, you know, they were there to increase the, you know, your pump during training, which I never put much stock in anyway. Uh, they're very expensive because if I'm not mistaken. Only one company has a patent on it. What I can tell you is if you are interested in nitrates, um, and eat, getting eat more a hot, of eat a hot dog. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but, but but there are two things. Uh, there are two sources, natural sources, uh, uh, rich, very rich in nitrates. One of them is beetroot juice powder, beets, and the other one uh, that's you don't see as much of, but it's out there, is a deep red spinach extract. So and celery, juice, believe it or not, and celery. And celery is high in nitrates, yeah. And and, and isn't it funny the food scientists go, oh, nitrates are bad for you, nitrates are bad for you, but they completely forget there's a a variety of vegetables that have more (laughs) nitrates in them than your average hot dog. (laughs) I mean, you know, I just wonder why no one talks about that. I get it because nobody wants to talk about it. That's why. Yeah, yeah. You know, those, uh, to be totally honest, those are two areas that aren't my thing, so to speak. I, I still take the position that heat shock proteins, there hasn't been anything, there is not anything now on the market that actually elevates them. If there was and it worked, you'd be hearing a lot more about it. It's my take. And Jan, you're talking about using arginine to increase energy, uh, uh, nutrient uh, delivery because of the increase in in uh, in nitric oxide, you'd be better off using nitrate products like the the beetroot juice and stuff like that because that increases nitric oxide to a greater degree than arginine. So just 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 a just a thought if that's what your goal is. I mean that, that that's something you should look at. But yeah, if you want to increase heat shock proteins, train hard, get in the sauna, sit there and sweat, sit there until it's uncomfortable. When it gets uncomfortable, that's when stuff is happening inside your muscles. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have the blueprint tip of the day, and it's a good one. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at eatlegendary.com and Amazon. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Imagine if you had a digital twin, one that you could compare your own health and fitness outcomes to, one that showed you whether or not the things you're doing, food you're eating, or drinks you're drinking are actually working for you or against you. Well, now you can. The first ever advanced epigenetic saliva test that compares 20 million different data points of your DNA to help predict what is aging you faster or keeping you younger is being introduced to my audience at a 70% discount from the normal price. Go to seeds.md slash epigenetic dash test today to learn how to get your own digital twin that will help you take the steps to live longer and stay stronger. Don't wait because this is a limited time offer not available anywhere else. Once these tests are gone, they're gone. Again, go to seeds.md slash epigenetic dash test today to learn more. Hey, this is Carl. For 14 years, you've heard me talk about Cansee eye drops, and they being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at now 61 years old. But I regularly get emails and messages from people who've been using Cansee and having some amazing results. Recently, I got an email from a fellow named Chad, who, because he was on dexamethasone eye drops for over six months, developed a cataract. Cansee eye drops actually reduced my cataract to the point where even my doctor has a hard time finding it. I will never stop using Cansee eye drops twice a day. I've been using them since 2008, he says. And you should be too. There is no better way to keep your eyes healthy and seeing clearly than can see eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com today and get on board and we will both be looking into the future with very clear vision. Ever wish there was a precise way to gauge your recovery from workout to workout? Or wonder if the money you're spending on your nootropic supplements are actually improving brain function? Maybe you're aging and you're noticing some changes in memory. Wouldn't being able to really test your brain be of great value? Well, now you can with great accuracy with the Brain Gauge. The Brain Gauge lets you test essential components of brain health and track your brain health history and all in the comfort of your own home. Go to GaugeYourBrain.com and use code SHR for $150 off this amazing device. That's GaugeYourBrain.com and SHR for $150 off. Move over, superheroes. This is the Superhuman Channel. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm in a hurry to get back. Yes. So, uh, we have, and thank you for everybody who's participating today uh, in the show and asking questions. Thank you very much for helping me assess this new video platform. I really, really like it better than the old one. Uh, thanks for helping out. So uh, the blueprint tip of the day today is what dogs can teach you about love, <coughs> lifting, and life. 
Very appropriate, given uh, Ginger's passing, I guess. Huh? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, we yesterday we had to say goodbye to her. Um, she was our 13-year-old, you know, a golden retriever. She had a cancerous growth on her back, um, and, and she had begun to show signs uh, of distress. And actually, over a year earlier, she had been diagnosed with cancer, and it just wasn't looking good. And at that, you know, at that time, she was our only dog. Despite that grim prognosis, we were amazed at how she showed, you know, no change in her daily routine, no signs of distress. You know, she still took the stairs. She still loved going to the park. She still chased the ball. Her appetite was still good. She just had this tumor thing kind of growing on her. Um, we couldn't figure out what was going on. <clears throat> <laughs> until a little while later, we brought Molly home to live with us. And and my my wife actually rescued little Molly, which she, she's also a golden, from a shelter kind of on a whim one day. And, and poor Molly, she's scared of her own tail, though. She's got issues with anxiety. And Ginger, um, being a full-size adult dog at the time was a lot bigger. And we didn't think you know, the two of them meeting would go that well. Incredibly, though, she welcomed Molly into our home, you know, right off the bat. <clears throat> she shared her toys with her. She shared her blankie with her. You know, and she even roughhoused with her when Molly wanted to play. And so, you know, Ginger was showing her the ropes. And, and in retrospect, I think she was getting her ready, right, to be the top dog, so to speak. So, all right, I mentioned cancer. Um, you would think with that original diagnosis, she wouldn't have lasted long. Wrong. Um, Ginger was a fighter, and she sque squeezed every bit of life out of that last year that she could. Right up until the night we said goodbye, she was surprising us. You know, I figured that night... Um, before we put her down, I figured I'd sleep downstairs with her because her back leg, she was limping and, and the stairs were becoming difficult. Well, it didn't matter. She climbed those stairs all by herself to sleep, um, together with all of us as a family. And that mattered to her. That mattered to her a hell of a lot. Losing pets is hard, right? I think especially with dogs, any pet, but especially dogs. Louis, Louis Simmons joked once about why dogs were better than women. He said, you can lock your dog and your wife in the trunk of your car. And when you open it, your dog will still be happy to see you. <laughs> um, they ask so little and they give so much back. You know, it. Anybody with a dog knows it's unconditional love, and that is very rare in life, be it from a dog or otherwise. But provided you treat the dog well, they will always return in spades, you know, whatever you give them. No matter how bad of a day you had at work, no matter what happened in the gym, your dog will let you know how much they loved you and missed you when they greet you at the door, because that's, that's what they do. You know, now you can think about, you can think what you want 
about what I'm about to say next, but both me and the wife noticed it last night, and I sleep like a rock. Um, when Ginger came to bed with us, she would sleep on the floor on, on my wife's side of the bed. And when she wanted to get our attention, she would wag her tail and knock it against the wall. And it really sounded like a knock. I mean, it was, it was kind of loud. Um, and so <laughs> last night it happened again and, and it was unmistakable. It was thump, thump, thump. In fact, <clears throat> it was so pronounced. It woke me up. And, and like I said, I sleep like a rock and it rattled the aluminum baseball bat that I have leaning up against the door on my side of the bed, just in case we get any unwelcome company. Um, and it's for sure it wasn't Molly because number one, that's not her MO, but number two, you know, she was sleeping on the other side of the bed. <laughs> so, you know, do the math on that. Finally, um, a dog's life is very short, you know, in general, they age seven years for every one human year. So their time here is limited. And that always struck me as kind of cruel. But if you consider it from another angle, it really teaches you how important it is to spend time with your dog, your family, and your friends, and to make every second count. Um, dogs teach you that. I don't know how, how else to say it. So, um, long way saying, if any of you have been moved by this, I would encourage you to visit a local shelter today because there are so many loving, deserving dogs that need someone special. You can be that person. And I'll tell you this, in my experience, you'll know what dog is meant for you when you see him. <laughs> Yeah. And vice and vice versa. You know. And so I'm gonna end with the following quote, which I think really says it all about dogs. Dogs have given us their absolute all. We are the center of their universe. We are the focus of their love and their faith and their trust. They serve us in return for scraps. Owning a dog is without a doubt the best deal man has ever made. And those truer words have never been spoken. I never had dogs when I was growing up. Never had pets. And uh, I feel a little robbed now that, that I, I have had dogs. You wish you would have got, yes. got, got it started got sooner it. now, huh? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's terrible losing them. You know you know the deal. We were talking about it before we got on air. Um, they're part of the family. They're part of the family. And... and and yeah, it was a, it was a hard day, and the next couple of days are going to be hard. But for 13 years, she brought love into my wife's life, you know, and and for five of mine. So I consider myself fortunate to have known her and to have loved her. Yeah, it's a wonderful story. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm just going to put these up real quick. So uh, Jan said. Uh, he uh, drinks, thanks for the tip, I drink every morning spinach blend with water and tomato juice, and I feel more nutrients are absorbed by my muscles when taking arginine and 
he notices that he's fuller and his veins uh, are more visible after 24 hours af- uh, after taking arginine. So it works for you. That's good. You know, yeah. everything is individual today. What works for you yeah. may not work for other people. So when you find what works for you, you have to keep doing it. So I, I want to take a-, a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I want to talk about something that is not discussed at all. In the the throes of this pandemic, where we are so, uh, let's say, concerned about human health, there's something that's glaring and obvious to me, and I want to see if it's as obvious to many of you. Stay with me, Coach, okay? Can you stay with me for this? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so sure. we're going to take a quick commercial break. This won't take long, I promise, but this is critical thinking at its best. Stay tuned. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. I love beef. And if you love beef, listen up. I've discovered the best tasting beef in the world, and that's not an exaggeration, at Piedmontese.com. The Piedmontese breed is famous from Italy for being lean and unbelievably tender with half the fat and calories of traditional beef. Even typically tough cuts are tender when it comes from the Piedmontese cows. And for the first time ever, Piedmontese cows are being raised here in the USA. Get two free 10-ounce New York strips when you purchase $50 or more at Piedmontese.com with code SHR. Go to P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E com and use code SHR today. You will never eat any other type of beef ever again. Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at eatlegendary.com and Amazon. Are you a fan of the low-carb lifestyle? Having trouble getting fat adapted on your keto diet? Feel like your digestion has stalled? Now there's Capex. Capex increases fat loss and energy on any low-carb, no-carb diet, all while improving digestion. Capex boosts AMPK and muscles by 52% and fat cells by 300%. Capex increases ATP in your liver by 22%, a key part of energy production, all while revving up the fat-burning hormone adiponectin by a whopping 248%. Nothing works like Capex, and now you can get Capex for up to 42% off by going to kenergize.com slash SHR and choosing one of the purchase options and using the code SHR. That's K-E-N-E-R-G-I-Z-E dot com slash SHR and code SHR. Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. This is the Superhuman Channel, doing reps with the weight of the world.
Welcome back. This is going to be short and sweet. Yeah, sure. But this is this is critical thinking at its best. So the entire nation is uh, fighting divided. Uh, oh, you know, if you don't wear a mask, you don't care about other people. Um, if you, if you're not going to take a vaccine, you're you're putting other people at risk. And we're hearing all this stuff day in and day out, and and it's made me think a lot. Like, so right now, you and I, we could start smoking cigarettes. We could go out to a store, buy a carton or a pack of cigarettes, and make the commitment that I'm going to start smoking cigarettes. I'm going to smoke these every day until I have to smoke them every day. And that is a freedom. That's a choice that I make, right? Right? Nobody yeah. make me. Okay. So according to the, the World Health Organization and the CDC, tobacco kills up to half of its users. That's a 50% mortality rate. We hear a lot about virus mortality rates right now, right? Is it 1%? Is it 10%? Is it 0.7%? Well, tobacco kills half of the people that use it, but it gets worse. Of the 8 million people that die each year worldwide, 1.2 million of them aren't the ones smoking the cigarettes. They're exposed to people who smoke the cigarettes. Yeah. So, you know, people are saying, oh, Carl, you got to wear a mask if you care about everybody else. Well, I can start smoking right now. I can take up cigarette smoking and I can expose people around me to the inhaled smoke. If I smoke inside my home or my car, we know that that's actually called third-hand smoke because the inside of the interior gets coated with this stuff and it does oxidize and come off over time. So... No one says I can't start smoking, but they tell me that I have to wear a mask if I care about other people. Okay. In the United States alone, 480,000 people every single year like clockwork die because of tobacco use, both direct and secondhand exposure. These are conservative numbers. This is BS. It's more than that. It absolutely is. But let's just keep it on the monthly basis so these numbers are easy to understand. That's 40,000 people in the United States, Americans, die every single month from both secondhand smoke and primary smoke. And secondhand smoke is a public health issue. Everybody agrees on that. That's why you can't smoke in restaurants anymore. There are some public buildings you can't smoke in. But you have to walk through that smoke because they usually put the smoker's lounge somewhere up front of the building, so you have to literally walk through the smoke to get into the building. Okay, but nobody disagrees that this is a public health issue. But yet, nobody's saying, hey, what are we going to do about tobacco use in the United States? It kills 40,000 people a month. Think about that. In 2009, and here's why. In 2019, the revenue collected by the U.S. government was $12.46 billion with a B from taxes on cigarettes and tobacco products. So if you take the 480,000 people a year that die in the United States from cigarettes, the government makes $25,958 for each death. That's incredible. And that's why nobody's saying, you know, if we're going to do this stuff for COVID, if we're going to say, oh, you got to get a you got to get a, a a vaccine. No choice. You have to get a vaccine. Or if we're going to say, no, you got to wear a mask. You can't, you can't be without a mask because you're putting other people at risk. When are we going to be honest about tobacco use in this country? It's the number one killer. I mean, think about this. It kills more people every year in the United States and globally than anything 
else. But yet we just ignore it and act like it doesn't exist so we can focus on these other little farty things that kill people. Handguns and, the, and, the and all, all this other nonsense. None of those none of those arguments mean anything to me until people say, okay, before we start talking about handgun death, before we start talking about drunk driving death, before we start, let's talk about the number one killer of people globally today, tobacco. When are we going to do something about that? It's amazing to watch our elected officials act as if this this issue doesn't exist at all. Exactly. It, it, I mean, think about it. We put on C-SPAN or whatnot and listen to the nitwits that are talking about banning SARMs or whatever their next everything. Thing yeah, is. they're banning everything, and they're they're doing it all in the in the guise of public health, public interest, public safety. But yet, it, you know, it, it, you know what it's kind of like. It's like we're going to outlaw slingshots because too many people get hurt by them. Meanwhile, a hundred people a day are being shot by guns. And this is just an analogy. I'm not an anti-gun guy at all because that, that's not the answer. But you can't tell me that we have to do this, this, and that to protect people, and it's killing six people a day when this is killing 40,000 people a month just in the United States. Yeah. <clears throat> and those figures, quite frankly, need to be shared, I think, farther and wider because, like you said, you're not going to hear those from the powers that be. No, could you imagine our government just summarily going? Oh, we're going to give up. We're going to give up thirteen million billion dollars a year. We're just going to give it up. We're going to we're going to put tobacco out of business once and for all. We're going to keep you know. And there's an easy way to do this, right? Everybody who's on tobacco now has to have a prescription. You sell the tobacco products in a dispensary environment. I know what people are going to say, but then there's going to be bootleg tobacco. Yes, but if you can't walk into a store today and buy a nicotine vaping product or a nicotine tobacco product, then it becomes that much harder to start smoking. And I don't care if it's impossible to stop everybody from smoking cigarettes. I don't care. At least put the effort in and make it look like you give a damn. Imagine the uproar if you said 480,000 people a year. A year. Imagine the uproar if 480,000 people a year died from covid 20 oh forget (laughs) about it they would want you to stay in your house not breathe lay down on the floor don't sit up they would they would give you all these stupid measures to help protect you and the public but meanwhile you could start smoking cigarettes tomorrow morning if you want to (laughs) that's nuts yeah it's frankly it's a dereliction of duty um and and it's uh, listen it's a it is a fault of humanity that they are ignoring this issue in the interest of money. Well, and that's exactly it. And that is my point. I'm going to close with this statement. In the United States, you can kill people, not go to jail. You could kill 480,000 people a year, in fact, and not go to jail as long as the government gets their cut. Is the government's getting billions of dollars from it? They're going to turn their back. So this is until someone says we have to do something to get tobacco products off the market completely over the course of the next 30 years. You know, they, they want to do the Green New Deal all over the 30 years. That's another thing. CO2 emissions are down by 25 percent globally, globally right now, new emissions. But the, the Green New Deal didn't even hope to do that. 
But my point is, until somebody says, we're going to do something about tobacco, the number one killer of Americans, we're going to stop ignoring it. And the government says, you know what? We're ready to give up $12 billion. We'll find it someplace else because making $12 billion on human lives is just isn't the business we want to be in. When they do that, then when they say, oh, we want to do this because it's a public safety, then I'll, I'll take them seriously. Yeah. No, I agree. That's, and, and it's good that you're getting these kind of figures out there because you're not going to hear it in the mainstream media. They don't want to talk about it. Where's, where's the, where is the media on this? They're, all they talk about is death from this and death from that, and it's laughable compared to what tobacco kills every year. And, you know, and people say, well, it's a choice. It's a choice. People can choose, and I'm all for that. If that's the case, then it's a choice to wear a, a mask. It's a choice to be locked down. It's a choice to uh, get a vaccine. Those are choices, too. If I could choose to do something that's going to kill me and the people around me and burden us financially due to health care of my choice, then I should be able to say no to a vaccine, say no to the lockdown. I want to go to work every day. Say no to wearing a mask. Because if you're going to tell me that that choice is okay and it kills more people than anything in the world, then don't tell me this choice isn't okay. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's a great, great point. It's all BS. All right. That's it for today. We have great shows this week. The guys from Piedmontese are coming on. Do you know that Piedmontese beef is myostatin null beef? No. This is going to be a, there's, there's only one type of beef you should be eating. It's from Piedmontese.com. If you use the code SHR, you get two free 10-ounce New York strips with a purchase of as little as $50. Wow. And everybody who buys it says to me, Carl, I've never tasted beef like this, and there's a reason. It is genetically better beef to eat. We're going to talk about that this week. All right, brother. Take care. See you later. Thank you much. See everybody tomorrow, and thank you for participating today. If you ask questions, made comments, I really appreciate you being here. And uh, come back tomorrow. We'll do it again. 